This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Even your grandmother can watch it with you. It was late afternoon. The storm that had kept us pinned down had passed just an hour before, but we were still in the old bed and breakfast on the mountainside. Somewhere around us, the mercenary weather mages Fung and his sister Wan were plotting their next move, and the lieutenant had decided to wait the short time until nightfall before we made ours. Chief, are you sure you want us to wait? From where I'm sitting, that storm dumped a whole lot of snow on the mountainside above us. I don't know a whole lot about snow and mountains, but I know enough from the cinema to know that ain't good. Let us hope that is not part of their plan. They want the ambassador alive. There's no way they'll risk an avalanche killing him, or they would have done it already. Stay tight and watch. It won't be long. You're the boss. Hey, Chief, I've got good news and bad news. What is it? Well, good news is something's happening. The bad news is that we've got what looks like seven black cats running across the backyard from the tree line. They're on a beeline for the back of the house. No, oh, no, not him again. Damn it, on my way. Yeah, they're not showing up on the heat scans. They're definitely Nikolai's. That's showing them, Chief. Looks like you got all of them. Mickey, stay sharp. They won't be the last. How did that vile man find us? Probably the same way we got here. Somebody traced Ford's call to Arclight. Could he be working with Fung and Wen? Doubtful. They're not the types to share reward. That was a test. The real assault is coming soon. We need more eyes. Four? Yes, one? Lock them in and get up here. I want you to cover the back nine. Yes, ma'am. 
Our charges were none too happy with the idea of being locked in, but I think they didn't want to argue when they saw me unholster my gun to check it first. They were in a wine cellar under the house with concrete walls, and it was probably the safest place in the house. The old couple that owned the house were shivering, and I ran out and brought back some blankets before I gave them the key and told them not to open the door for anyone. After that, I jogged up the creaky old staircase to the main floor, going over to where the lieutenant stood, to the side of what had been a bay window. Song, how many clips do you have? Four, plus one up the pipe. Okay, Song, I want you to watch the back carefully. You look out there, and if you see anything strange, you check your target first and call in. When you fire, watch your ammo and aim your shots. Those craters back there are what happens when those things explode, and they're damn fast. I'll be on float duty in case you need more firepower. Any questions? One, what do we do if he sends too many of them to shoot? Just hope that doesn't happen. I'm going to check on Karen. Then the lieutenant was gone, and I was left praying with a gun between my hands, and one eye watching out the back window. My parents were Catholics, but I wasn't sure what I believed in. I just prayed to whomever was up there to keep us safe, and hoped we'd get through this, somehow. One enemy was bad enough, but now there were three, and our odds were looking lower than the temperature. Chief, we've got company on the south tree line. It's Four's uncle, and he's just walked out the woods. He's got a pack of blue cats around him. They're walking towards the house. He's a cheeky bugger, isn't he? That's the kitchen side. I'll cover it. I looked around quickly, and found that there was another broken window facing the side they were talking about. I could see Uncle Nikolai through the window, bundled up in a deep brown coat and fur hat. He was trudging his way through the snow towards us. On his shoulder was another white cat like Sasha, and walking on top of the snow around him was a ring of blue cats. I heard the bang of the kitchen door slamming closed as the lieutenant stepped out, and then the air was filled with gunfire. I winced, shocked to see the lieutenant just open fire on him, but then my eyes went wide with surprise. He was just standing there, laughing. <laughs> Good afternoon, Lieutenant Stone. Nice trick, Nikolai. You've got them rigged to act as a force field to protect you. It was a small effort, let me assure you. Are you enjoying the day? It's so peaceful up here now that the storm is broken. I do so love the mountain air. Get to the point, old man. My point, my rough young lady, is that while you and your comrades may think you're safe inside that building, you're in fact quite vulnerable. I've brought more than a few of my pets with me, and as you can see, you cannot harm me. Why then not give me the ambassador, and we can all go back to enjoying this beautiful day? If I give him up, what assurance do I have you'll take care of him? Three, on my mark. You have none. But, when one is in your position, you have little to lose except your life. I have played games of chance for longer than you have been alive, young lady. And I can assure you, I rarely lose. What happened a short time ago on the train was a fluke, and I can promise you it would not happen again. For example, I know at this moment you are telling your lady friend on the roof to attack me to test whether this shield of mine is proof against more than bullets. I can assure you it is. But if she wishes to test it, she may of course do so. I will do nothing to stop her. Chief? Stand down, three. There! That wasn't so hard, was it? Now. 
order that delightful young lady who I met on the train to bring me the ambassador. If I don't, all I see is you and a bunch of shield cats. Sasha? I quickly looked back out the window next to me, realizing that I'd been so focused on them, I hadn't been paying attention. For a moment, I expected to find a pack of black cats sitting at my feet, but there was nothing there except glittering white snow all the way to the tree line. Then from the shadows of the forest I saw them appear. Blue cats like the ones around Nikolai came marching into view, spaced out with a few meters between them. After those, I can see a line of brown cats that fire energy bolts. Maybe twenty of the little beasts. And they've got exploding blacks behind them, ready to run in at a moment's notice. He's got four teams like that. They've got us surrounded on all sides, Chief. Not bad, Nikolai. As I told you, Lieutenant, I was playing these games when I was much younger than you. Of course, the units were men in those days, but I think my pets today are no less effective. Or deadly. I was starting to panic. What were we going to do? Had we gone through all of that with Fung and Wan, only to lose to an old man and his robot cats? If it wasn't so real, I think I would have laughed at the craziness of it all. Song, come over here. Don't worry about the cats. They won't move until he tells them to. I gave a last glance out the window at the motionless cats. They looked like lawn ornaments or toys someone had arranged as a joke, and then hurried over to where the lieutenant stepped back into the kitchen. One, what if... I had started to speak, but then stopped as the lieutenant laid a finger against her lips, gestured outside and then towards her earpiece, then finally handed me what looked to be a small metal clip with a piece of fishing line attached to it. I want you to get the ambassador. There's no way out of this. We're going to have to give him to Nikolai. But one! I don't remember asking you for. Now do it! Uh, yes, ma'am. I rushed back through the house with the clip in hand and the line spooling out from the lieutenant's backpack trailing behind me. I was careful not to let it snag on anything as I wound my way down into the basement. Karen was already there, and after a moment, Mickey appeared. Karen attached the line I'd carried back into her headset, and then drew out another line to Mickey, who attached a line to me. In seconds, we were all networked together with the lieutenant, who was still facing off with Nikolai upstairs. All right, ladies, I'm using my neural interface to talk to you without speaking. He's definitely listening in on all radio frequencies, and he'll have those cats acting as directional microphones, so keep your voices down. I'm going to stall him as long as I can, but first, tell me what you think. He's got us by the short and curlies, Chief. Perhaps I could blind him, and Mickey could attack while he's not looking. The shield may not go all the way around. No good. The cats won't be blinded by a flash. He's not running the show. Sasha is. Could we attack Sasha somehow? I wish we could, but I don't see how. I thought I'd used an electromagnetic pulse, but we have to assume that the cats are shielded against it. I'm trying to find the control frequency for the cats, but even if I get into their network, I don't know if I can do anything more than jam it. Then let us do that. While he is distracted, we can make a run for the vehicles and escape. But what if they can think on their own? They didn't last time. Nikolai is a man who doesn't make the same mistake twice, and we don't have a lot of time. If worse comes to worse, we'll try the jamming trick, but we need another plan. Damned if I don't wish that boy and his sister would show up. We could let them find it out while we took off. I bet he could just wash them away with that wind of his. Mickey, that's it! Chief, sorry. 
I was thinking out loud. No, I mean, that's... Oh, never mind. Karen, you're a demolitions expert. How long to whip up eight timed explosive talismans? Big ones. You are going to blow him up? Not him, the mountain. I see where this is going, but what about the house? Won't we be washed away in the avalanche too? That's where you come in. While Mickey takes him up the mountain, I know you can't shield the whole house with your magic, but can you protect one side of it? I guess we will find out, no? But what of the other residents of this valley? This house is the only one for a few clicks. They should be okay as long as we keep it localized. There's our plan, people. You all know your parts? Any questions? One, what should I be doing? When Mickey makes a run for it, you hold the door. When that happens, Nikolai's going to be real unhappy, and I'll need you watching Karen's back, so hightail it to her. Everyone ready? Okay, let's do it. While the lieutenant told Nikolai that the ambassador had locked himself in the basement and was refusing to leave, Karen put together the talismans and instructed Mickey in their use. I went up with her to the front door, ready to open it for her when the signal came so that she could have a running start. Mickey, I know what kind of cat I want to be. <laughs> Joining the other team, are you? No, I'm serious. I thought a lot about what you said. Sung, this better not be leading up to a good luck speech. <laughs> is it that obvious? Just be ready when the time comes. And for what it's worth, you're welcome. Watch your back, okay, little sister? You too. That is most unacceptable, miss! Bring him here now! Uh-oh. Sounds like Nikolai's getting angry. Time to go. You ready? Mark! Ready! And then Mickey was gone a blur disappearing between the lines of cats and into the woods. I slammed the door, walked as fast as I could, and then ran to the side where Karen was at the back of the house. She gave me a wink, and we both listened to the lieutenant trading barbs with Nikolai. Lieutenant, you'll try my patience! Enough of your story! Really? Nikolai, and here I thought we were becoming so close! Fine! It is your prey that you have let! Sasha! Attack! Ready, Petit? Is that a multiple-choice question? No. And here they come. Let's go. I followed Karen out the back door, feeling a little bit crazy as we rushed out in front of the lines of advancing cats. They didn't fire yet, instead they were just marching towards us. I tried not to look up at the mountain past them to where Mickey was swiftly working up somewhere among the cliffs. Instead, I focused on the cats in case any of them made a dash forward, and watched Karen out of the corner of my eye. She threw a handful of long yellow strips of paper into the air, and as they scattered, she touched each of them with a pair of outstretched fingers. As they were touched, there was a small flash and the paper went rigid, just hanging there in the air like it had been stuck to invisible glass. Then she proceeded to race in a line along in front of the house tapping these papers into what seemed like a random collection of single papers hanging in the air that covered the length of the back of the house. You missed a spot! Very funny, smart girl. Do you always judge a work of art while it is being made? But how can those... Hush now! Allow me to finish my masterpiece. There. It is done. 
firing. As the cats fired at us, Karen just stood there with confidence. And sure enough, the invisible web of energy she'd woven between the papers protected us from the hail of deadly fire. One, this is two. I'm finished, but I don't know how long it will last. Three, status report. Almost done, Chief. Lots of drop-offs up here. I keep having to run around them. Three, you have only a few seconds left on the timing. Please, drop any you have left now. Sorry, too. My mother always told me never leave a job half-finished. Almost got the last one in place. Three, just drop it and get out of there! Mickey! There. At first, there was nothing, and then, with a deep rumble, the mountain came down on top of us. Team Iron Angel, Episode 7, Siege. Written and produced by Robin Patterson. Starring, in order of appearance... Elena as Stone 1. Tegan Harris as Mickey 3. Fiona Thrail as Laurel 2. Amanda Price as the narrator and Sung Four. Jared J. Lee as Nikolai. Opening music, untitled by Peter Chen. Closing music, Cool Spies by Peter Chen. Savannah Speedrun by Danny Schneidmeister. Find their work at soundclick.com. Additional music provided by the Apple iLife Jingles Collection. Sound effects found on Free Sounds, FindSounds.com, the Transformers Sound Effects Collection, and provided by Axel of the VAA, the Voice Acting Alliance. Casting done on VoiceActingAlliance.com. This work and all its characters within are copyright 2007 Robin Patterson. This step into audio adventure and others can be found at KungFuActionTheater.com where theater is spelt with an R-E because that's how it's done with style. Until next time, Sajen, bye-bye. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day.